0: Welcome to episode 114 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me participating in high-engagement tweets at SEATJK. And returning to the show after exposing himself to that Rona is Chris. Where can we find your
1: mask-on selfies, Chris? You can find them at CDVillisNor on Twitter. And uh, speaking of of masks, I figured out a way, um, well, I I stumbled across a way that... uh, you can just take a handkerchief and you uh, you fold it and pleat it in a certain way, and then you use a couple of uh, of uh, hair ties, like, um, and uh, make a make a quick mask for yourself. Okay. Yeah, and you don't have to sew or anything. It just kind of sticks in place. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing.
0: You stick a piece of furnace filter in there, and you actually have an N95. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you cut some. I have some furnace filter in the uh, in the in the in the uh, in the in the garage.
0: Survivor's tip: If you're in a pinch and you absolutely have to have a mask, a piece of furnace filter uh, with some cloth around it will suffice.
1: This is my. This is I'm showing Ty my uh, in the in the Skype. I'm showing him my uh, pleated, my pleated handkerchief mask. Your your gang rag. It's you know the thing about using a thing about using a handkerchief is that I have a number of them, mm-hmm. and they come in. Di- I have some different patterns and whatnot, so I don't have to wear the. I don't have to wear just a plain old weird. Like surgical mask out in public. So if I go to the grocery store, I just at least I can feel like I'm not like too clinical. Plus, you can pretend like you commit a train robbery. <laughs> this is the other part. I could just wear like a, ba- a red bandana, but then that would that would cause me a whole other mess of trouble. I'm thinking, <laughs> well, I have some
0: things to say about the good old coronavirus before we get started into the meat of the show, but yeah. As you're all well aware, very little other than the ever-changing and inconsistent federal response to COVID-19 has been going on for the last week, so tonight we're doing a little get-to-know-your-hosts by way of popular engagement tweets that have been going around this last week. We'll start with places we lived and, with time permitting, also review jobs we've had. We'll pivot into some nostalgia for public gatherings as we talk about our best, last, favorite, and worst sporting venues that we've visited in person. And finally, in segment three, we'll engage with a tweet that I didn't post, and talk about our top five athletes whose careers were cut short. Beyond the buzzer, we'll pause for Jatwa before heading to the OT for some odds and ends and callbacks, as you've come to expect. More than usual, we hope this episode entices you to engage with the podcast Twitter account and share with us the places you've seen and the people you've been. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod, or hit us up via email at at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. But before we get into it,
1: I have to ask you, Chris, is it bad to drink 30 beers in six days? <laughs> well, I, if you drank 24 of them in the first day and then just sort of tapered off, I, maybe that's okay. You, you find like you're, you find like you're uh, find just, just, just got to have to crack a beer like, like oh, beer 30 comes early. <sighs> This is coming early. <laughs> earlier and earlier every day?
0: Uh, it's not so much. There's an amplitude to it. Some days is real early. Other days I can make it to, you know,
1: 3 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> when the days when I'm feeling really strong, 3 p.m. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's a, I don't, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe the first signs of trouble. Hey, it was yeah. rhetorical. Why don't you shut up now? <laughs> how's your family routine holding up it's actually not too bad luckily my kids are a little older which right. makes it things a little easier um finally the schools are getting off their ass a little bit and uh and making uh making making the assignments again they're starting mm-hmm. to trickle mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. so there's in the elementary school kid there's some there's some study guides and, and things to do so um when this whole first thing came down, we we did set aside it. We did create a schedule that yeah. goes from nine a.m. to two p.m. We figured that was long enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and so we've been able to fill those things with, uh, you know. Now we we get to supplement them with things that actually sort of quote unquote count. But the uh, but so that's been it hasn't been too bad for us in that regard. Our foundation's starting to show some cracks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I just I'm out of like there's. I'm with them. We're with them too much. There's no... We can't go anywhere. I can't take anything away. All my power has been taken away. There's nothing for me to be like, oh, you're not going to be able to go to this or this is going to be a problem. I have no incentive
1: structure. It's just, well, what are you going to do? Send me to my room? Uh, Okay. Right. I'm already (laughs) already quarantined. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, What can you do? This is... That's a, that's a trouble. I, I'm trying to think. We're back flirting with Lord of the Flies around here. <laughs> <laughs> when my kids were younger, I mean, here's the thing. I've had this conversation with my wife. It's like, you. it's not like you can't go outside. It's not like you no. can't leave the house. You know what I mean? So it, so we should more. I don't think we have been, you know, my wife and I take a, a short walk sort of yeah. before dinner, but not a very long, you know, maybe 15 minutes tops. And we've done it only a couple of times, but we we're trying to incentivize ourselves to get out and just breathe the air. We know?
0: were talking about like trying to put together an itinerary of like scenic pullouts
1: <laughs> on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> like Let's we can't go anywhere and do X. anything,
0: but we can look at some stuff.
1: Yeah, I think I I think I think we've sort of tricked ourselves too much into thinking we can't leave the house, and and there there's obviously more. I think we can be much more creative about it and uh, maybe we'll challenge ourselves in the next week to be a little more creative about leaving the house and going to places that, that aren't, you know, vectors, right? Okay. Well, let me know what those places are when you find them. (laughs) I'll see what I can, I'll see what I can come up with. All the gates are padlocked
0: shut. You know, I had to go out and run an errand today and really left the house in a car for the first time in a week (laughs) since I last went to the grocery store. Wow. And I um, had to go to the pharmacy and I decided I was going to go into the pharmacy because the drive-through too sketch. Got to like put a card in there. It's like the bank teller drive-through. I'm not. There's okay. a lot of touching. If I go inside, I can. I, I, f- I figured out a system where I could take a shopping bag and just have her drop the the, the uh, prescriptions directly into the bag, and then I can pay at the pharmacy with just my phone. So I didn't touch anything while I was inside there. Okay. okay. I held the bag in my hands the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get to the point where she wants me to ver- verify my identity, and she's like, "Oh, can you put your last four digits of your Phone number in the keypad. I'm like, you want me to touch that?
1: I've gotten really. I good just about balked. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've I've been really good about taking a like a Clorox wipe yeah. and touching keypads with that. Like I had to get gasoline, mm-hmm. and so it's basically it's basically um, Clorox wipe to the to the to the handle to the nozzle, mm-hmm. and then your car. Then get mm-hmm. everything. Then then it's credit card in. Then it's push the buttons for my zip code with the, with the Clorox wipe. Right. Card comes out, Clorox wipe the, the, uh, the card and it goes back in my pocket. Sure.
0: I didn't want to have to do that at the pharmacy. So I only planned to not touch anything. So I was very like, no, you weren't prepared. You weren't prepared for that. I refused. I was like, no, I'm not going to touch that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for your system, um, the ATM, for instance, uh, Mm -hmm. I, I have a pen or a pencil rather. And then also a stylus in the cup holder in the car. With the Clorox wipes, so any hard keys get the the pencil eraser, and mm-hmm. any
1: touchscreen gets the stylus. Yeah, I I I'm a, I've become of the mind that I'm happy to touch things with my hands only to clean my hands. Yeah, I'm even trying to
0: eliminate that need.
1: Like yeah. I'm gonna also clean my hands when I'm done. Don't get me wrong, I'm also <laughs> going to sterilize.
0: <laughs> touch it or not,
1: I'm trying to find the happy medium. There, it's like I'll touch it with my hands and then I'll clean my
0: hands. It's fine. Well, I'm spending too much time thinking about it because I'm just so frustrated with, one, the slow reaction time for so many other states where it's just this attitude of we don't need to do anything until like we have an obvious problem is so absurd. I was talking to my wife today about I wish that we could find a way to communicate with people w- when it comes to epidemiology and these kinds of things in a way that they would grasp and understand. And I was saying, just explain the concept of the quick killing virus or poison that spreads from person to person and this idea that a perfect killer is one with a low mortality rate where you can walk around with it for a while so high infection rate if i'm around you i'm gonna get it and it's not gonna kill me for three weeks this is an ideal scenario to kill a lot of people and we just never i don't feel like that story is ever told like there's sort of this the news media does this kind of assumptive baseline knowledge the way they kind of uh I don't know, do their thing where they kind of assume that you understand that if it's a virus, it's dangerous, it's contagious, whatever. And then obviously the politicians weren't incentivized to tell us the truth from the get-go. Sure. One way or the other. But the thing that's driving me crazy about it is just the fact that we had all this time and this this lead up to it, that we could have done something. And if you just change the scenario a little bit and consider how you'd view the government response, and especially people that continue to cling to... uh, I'm just going to leave that there. But you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. But like imagine, okay, I don't know, a force of essentially invisible assassins. They are sleeper agents. We know they're coming. A few of them are already here. We know with a certainty that there's not enough of them to actually defeat us to take over the country, that, that some level of casualties will occur if these assassins are able to permeate our population.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we also know for a fact that if we all just hide and stay away from each other for three weeks, they'll just give up. Right, they're just going to give up. They're like, "Oh, you know what? We 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 got a couple people, but this is too much work. I'm out of here."
1: Yeah, for the most part, and yeah, exactly. For the most part, that's that's true. But
0: is- we ignore the threat. Like we know it's happening. We decide we're going to ignore it, and now we're at the point where, I mean, nearly a thousand people died today alone. I just imagine the related presidential approval rating if these were actual killers in our midst, right? And that we just this was
1: the approach. Well, I mean, this is this is the and then this is the problem with I mean. It's New York City, right? I mean, of hey, course. shout out to Washington for our line. Our very line proud. is very proud. Our, our line has been great. So, shout out to the state of Washington, especially the King County folks who, who got a who got it a, a punch in the mouth early, and I guess we were lucky in that it was you know it was, it was, it was super deadly, but it was in that one home, right in in Kirkland. So everyone immediately went the hell. Yeah, and like these assassins, they really went up in that old folks'
0: home and and laid
1: waste. Yeah, and so it was so close, and it was the very first real thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And so the state of Washington sort of got it right away. We we understood it very very quickly, and so so good on good on the state of Washington. The New York City just has too much going against it. Like there's just too much. There's there's too many people. There's not enough discipline, and it just and it's and it's just it's just out of control. So I don't know what they need to do. <laughs> I love this whole I, the whole aspect of people just leaving and going other places. It's like no 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 don't, don't don't do that don't do don't throw water don't throw water on the grease fire people. Right. It's just a it's a bad idea, but um yeah so hopefully people you know especially people everywhere you know, and I understand it's difficult. And I understand people's, you know, people aren't as lucky as, say, you know, we are at my house, but, you know, we still have some a job. I mean, Uh I mean, this it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to have in a time like this. And I understand there's challenges for people. But, um, you know, I don't think any jobs worth dying for. But we'll see how hopefully they get help from the government in the short term. We'll see if that helps some.
0: Well, always good to see the response to needs and orders being filled by a uh, political demand. Anyway, <laughs> I've had, said enough. It is, it is just a, I agree with you. People ask me how I'm doing. And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm for the most part, I'm as far as I, as far as I know, housing secure and food secure. And, and that's, I, I don't have a lot of complaints. That's, that's all I can be right now. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm very, very frustrated. The more, I mean, just, uh, not even the more news I consume, just the longer it goes on. And and the more, the more simple it seems when you really boil it down to its finality, that the double-edged negative response of bad messaging coupled with inaction has doomed us to this terrible fate. That's going to, I think, profoundly affect, you know, society, obviously. Um, I think that Matt and I talked a little bit last week about how this might permanently change things. And I think one thing you're going to see is, uh, even real shopping is going to be a lot more curbside pickup. I actually had this idea that the, uh, the, 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 the government really should nationalize all shipping. And all shipping, local or domestic shipping, for retail purposes, should mm-hmm. be a non-profit organization. So that you can just buy clothes and send them back. And it, the shipping is just non-profit. You pay whatever it costs. The fuel, the, the man hours, whatever it costs to ship. And it's just this non-profit entity. It's like the USPS, where it's just, it's not trying to turn a profit. Yeah. I but mean- all shipping. Now we're gonna have to na- nationalize that in order to have the no-touch society. Yeah,
1: I mean, this the whole thing drives a wedge in between people that we already didn't need. You know what I'm saying? We from a from a social perspective, it would have been better yeah. if we could have we could be a little closer and a little more right. familiar with each other. Right. And this this sets us back, you know, maybe forever. <laughs> because what you do is you end up you end up just you know your herd gets smaller, right? I can't, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't. I'm not incentivized to meet new people right I'm not incentivized to find new groups I mean I have my community and and I'm just gonna that's who I'm gonna hang with forever and ever like I don't know you I don't trust you you know what I mean I don't know how you live your life I don't know I don't know if you're careful you know what I mean these are these are things you have to take into account now which is just too bad it just makes it makes me
0: a little sad in that regard well it makes me wonder if it's gonna ruin friendships like I'm sorry we can't be friends anymore I've seen how you live and you're irresponsible (laughs) I mean, yeah, I could ignore. I could ignore it when it wasn't like affecting right, me directly.
1: But right. now we can, we can be friends on Twitter. But I'm not going to hang out with you, <laughs> knowing knowing that knowing what I know. I mean, here's the thing. Hopefully, we'll get we'll get a vaccine in the next year we might have to do that another season of this just no, we're gonna have to do this
0: until there's a vaccine realistically yeah that's, and that's why saying. i say that so i think a, you'll see that's some f- fundamental shifting in overall like way you contact things i think i'm
1: hoping change. i'm hoping and like the more i guess the more optimistic the more optimistic um estimates are maybe we endure one more season of this and then we get a maybe sometime in mid 2021 we get something
0: fine but realistically so, we're still gonna have to i i even if the curve is actually flattened and we're not seeing like rampant infections you're still gonna have to take steps like your hand washing routine and you're your touch avoiding touching public surfaces is going to have to be sort of
1: like ingrained in you now right i mean it's already ingrained. i can't i can't imagine i can't imagine not looking at any public surface with some sort of scrutiny we had to close on a
0: uh a refinance today so i set up (laughs) the six foot table i was like you sit over there (laughs) I'm <laughs> <laughs> sit over here. You pass everything over, and it's like she, you know, she put fresh gloves on when she came in. She, but I don't know where those papers have been. Night. Yeah. So, true enough. It was a challenge for sure. All right. Well, on to maybe some happier things, huh? All right. Let's start the show. All right. In segment number one, again, we're doing some live engagement tweets. So there's been a lot of social media, more fun time social media lately than in the it, past. It really, I really feel like.
1: At it's least well, the people it's really sorry, it's
0: really the, the hardcore dichotomy of like here's this epidemic like if you look at twitter it's epidemic epidemic covid covid covid, COVID and it's like here's a joke
1: yeah here's <laughs> here. A, sounds, I'm here to have some fun yeah and i i really have sense that the um the uh, i don't know political stuff at least the people i follow seems to have come down a lot considering that that i mean the the, the typical trump stuff is is going to stay because he
0: keeps doing his thing.
1: Yeah. But, you know, because because the, the Democrats have just basically just retreated into the woodwork for now, like there's just not a lot going on on that side. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, Twitter has gotten much more lively and jaunty. I mean, there's, you know, people are looking for distraction. And I'm glad right. that the, at least the people that I follow have been very good about providing distraction and not confrontation. Yeah, well, I learned today that the QAnon people are
0: thinking that this is some sort of uh, global conspiracy to install a new world order. So, hey, they might have hit on something here. You know? <laughs> you conspiracy mean, theorists, get you know, enough of them out there. You might catch one.
1: Right? The QAnon people. Wait, we were, were supposed to
0: be time. moving on. All right, so to, <laughs> in segment one, we're going to talk about places we lived and, if we have time, some jobs that we've had. So sure. how did you want to do this? Do you want to like take turns going through your, your places you've lived history? Or do you want to alternate?
1: What well, makes sense? Um. I'll just start. Okay. I was born in the Philippines. So there goes my, so there goes my presidential campaign went right down the shitter early. That's like, it for you? That's it for me. I can't serve as the president of the United States. So, uh, but yeah, born in the Philippines. Um, Where specifically? A, a, born in a place called Lucena. Oh, which is, all right. Which I have no which idea. Is a, which, is, which, if you know me, makes a little more sense. But what's, okay, so anyway, it's my daughter's name. I'll just say it, because we, we generally skirt around these the edges of who our family is. I'll yeah, just I've, say decided, I
0: call my, I've decided to permanently start calling my children... By their uh, age?
1: By their age as their proper name. <laughs> but what's funny is, because I named her that, and everyone everyone I know knew the story about that, I had to go in and change th- that clue in all of my like mm. online things. <laughs> all of my... I know like, oh God, I gotta go in. So all the important accounts that I had, I had to change, which is right. funny. How long were you in the Philippines? Not quite a year. Okay, so you came over in your baby, baby. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my brother and sister are older than me. I'm the youngest, so uh, we uh, we skedaddled um, we skedaddled early for me. Okay, I was born in
0: uh, glamorous Spokane, Washington. Woo! I don't have any, anything interesting to say about it. <laughs> I can, you know, we lived in a number of different places. We were not housing secure at the time. Hmm. Um, but uh, coming to, well, I lived there. Well, rather lived there. I guess we left when I was right before I turned five. So the summer before I turned five, we moved to uh,
1: Brooklyn, New York. Huh. Did you know the Sidebar Brooklyn? hashtag sidebar. I knew that. I knew know that, 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 that you lived that? in New York. I knew you lived in New York City.
0: Yes, uh, hashtag sidebar. Did you know that the New York City analog in Super Mario Odyssey is called New Donk City, the Big Banana? <laughs> New Donk City.
1: Yeah, I just want to share that. What's next for you? Oh, so hilariously, um, one of the first places we had moved from coming over um, was a place called Philippi, West Virginia. So Philippi. Like Ryan Philippi. Right. So, kind of, yeah, like Ryan Philippi, West, West Virginia. So, my dad was, he wanted, he, he wanted, he kind of a small town guy. So, he wanted to find a small town kind of place. So, he was looking for some places until we finally settled. But the first place he tried on for size was a place called Philippi, West Virginia. So, I don't know what it was like for Filipinos living in West Virginia, <laughs> but that one didn't stick. So I can't imagine up- why. I I don't know. It just was, you know. There, all I know from Philippine West Virginia is some snowy pictures and my mom not looking like terrifically happy. Like you know, you come from the Philippines, you move to the, the West Virginia, and it's snowing. It's like no, this is got this can't be. This can't work out. And then we went to a place called Rosa Claire, Illinois, which is on the Ohio River near Kentucky. Okay. The thing about Rosa Claire is when I was a kid, up the road about fifteen or twenty miles, is Cave and Rock State Park. And you know what Cave and Rock State Park is famous for? That's very familiar to my ear, but I can't place it. It's where they have the gathering of the juggalos. Right. Yes. <laughs> so if you could imagine, it's just it's just barren river like Ohio River, rural, backwater, Illinois, Kentucky, Indiana. I mean it's I can't. And what what was your dad doing? Did I don't that? know. I don't know. He's like these are the kind know. of Americans I like. Yeah, I don't know. What <laughs> year is this? I, this is like the early seventies. What could it have been like in the early seventies? I have no clue. I tried to think about it, and um, I have no idea. I really don't. I just I like I have no idea what my dad. He he was he was again regional type sort of rural regional hospital thing and. And again, Rosa Clare was fine, but it was too far away from anything. Uh-huh. So I'll just make the next jump is Carlinville, Illinois, which everybody sort of like knows me as from Carlinville, Illinois. That's that's where we ended up. That's a bit how you represent yourself. Ah, yeah, six two six. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's Carlinville, Illinois, six two six two six. The best zip code. The best zip code in uh, in the world. Seems pretty lucky. Yeah, and uh, and that's where I essentially that's where I grew up. But it, you know, but I think again, it's like. Just an hour outside of uh, a little more than an hour, hour and a half from St. Louis. So it it it, it filled some needs, mm-hmm. right? Like some we're not out in the middle of God, who knows nowhere. Like <laughs> at least it was it was a small town, but it was close enough to big stuff. So it was uh, it was it was something that uh, is where we ended up settling.
0: Do you have any memory or any information about sort of was your dad kind of? Because there was the lack of medical professionals in those first couple of areas, a place where he knew he could find a job, like you knew there was a need?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And there was a, I mean, there was a, there was a need in the early seventies, there was a total need for online, uh, for online, for, for uh, small town doctors. He must've been like the only Brown person most of his patients had ever met. Oh yeah. I mean, when we moved to, when we moved to Carlinville, we were the Brown family. We were it. I mean, literally nobody else. It's just white farm folks and this Filipino family. Kind of crazy, but I mean, I have a little bit of a Cliff Curtis
0: look, in the sense that <laughs> I can blend in. Like it's better when I've been in the sun a little bit, right. <laughs> a little, a little more neutral. Right now, I'm the whitest I'll ever be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can kind of like I, I've met Mexicans who think that I'm Mexican. I have sort of almond shaped eyes, so I've met Asians who think I'm part Japanese. Right. Um, yeah, yep. I, I, no no white people look
1: askance at me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's the uh that's that's the same with me. I sort of I tend to blend in with with wherever I'm at, there you know, it's like I'm sort of brown enough to be amongst the brown people who I'm with.
0: Well you have unending charisma, so it helps you.
1: That that thank you.
0: So nice. <laughs> Well, I bounced back from the East Coast after uh, I guess it would have been nineteen eighty six. Um Back to Cedro Woolley, Washington, where I got my first real taste of small town. Cedro Woolley. Wo- Wooly. <laughs> yes. Two O's, two L's in Cedro Woolley. <laughs> uh, we weren't there very long, though, when we moved down to Linwood, and I spent a lion's share of my sort of elementary school years in Linwood before bouncing up to the border and living in Blaine, Washington for a couple of years, followed by, followed by Nooksack. Those are not too far apart from each other and not really anything interesting to say about those either. See, I didn't have any fun immigration stories. I I'm was just this white kid bouncing around from big city to small town and, and hating every minute of it.
1: <laughs> that, I mean that's obviously Why hard on Oh, serious listening. Serious listening. Sorry. The the um but yeah, so that's I mean, obviously hard on it. That's obviously hard on a kid. Like just bouncing around as much as you did. I mean, like at least once we settled, I think I was 3 or 4 years old by the time we hit Carlinville and then we were there for I was there for all the way through college.
0: Yeah, so, my moves are like 3rd grade, 6th grade, 8th grade.
1: Yeah, these are hard. Those are yeah. hard moves for a kid.
0: And then my final move uh before I came back to live in Seattle was um to go up to Eagle River, Alaska, and that was before my sophomore year in high school.
1: So these are, these are these are hard moves. Like having was, to like basically start from scratch, right? You're like this unknown kid who just rolls into town. And is like, hey, I'm looking to make some friends. <laughs>
0: kind of a yeah. I mean, I just played sports, right? That always sort of sorts itself out. Mm-hmm. And if you can play sports and participate in school activities, that kind of stuff just sorts itself out. It's yeah. You get used to just well, I'm gonna get involved with the things I get involved with, and likely there'll be a couple of dudes in there, a couple of gals in there that I can get along with and, and hang out with didn't always yeah. work out but yeah i mean <laughs> still hang out or still know a few people from a various number of these places um now i don't i feel like i've told all my interesting like growing up stories over the course of the the time
1: we've been doing this show yeah and then uh yeah i mean there probably there's probably more interesting stuff in there that at some point down the road you'll it'll cue you but then uh, i graduated high school and I went to school in Rolla, missouri at the uh the home of Missouri Science and Technology. It used to be called the University of Missouri at Rolla, and then it was previously the Missouri School of Mines, and then it was the University of, then it was the Missouri. Then it was University of Missouri at Rolla, and now it's Missouri Science and Technology. When you got there, we're like, "Oh, you're from West Virginia. You must be a natural." No, you, <laughs> just, you lived in you lived in West Virginia, the as a as a two year old. There's um, <laughs> a one year old. The uh, it was it was uh, it. Rolla is in the middle of nowhere, and it's mostly dudes um, who are. <laughs> Most studying, places are in the middle of nowhere. Is mostly dudes, and 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 we're all studying engineering. Yeah. It was it was, you know, sounds like that, it smelled great. Yeah, there, thankfully there were some town girls who, <laughs> who, were, who were who were pretty cool, and uh, and the uh, but the the big campus, uh, the University of Missouri Columbia. Uh, wasn't too far away, so you know we had some friends there that we would we could go see and hang out. With.
0: Well, as we wrap this up, uh, we didn't need to get to jobs. Obviously, we can save that for another time. If you know we're stuck in the house for another week, <laughs> you'll get to hear about <laughs> our jobs next week.
1: Uh, when did you like move out here, out west? Like when after, did you... yeah, yeah, after after college, I came straight out. I had a I had a buddy who um, who was dating a girl who worked for the FAA. Who was stationed? Who was assigned to Kent? Okay, and um, he was coming out here, and I wasn't doing anything, and uh, I came out, and then he that whole thing went to shit, and he went home, <laughs> but I stayed. <laughs> so, you know. But that wasn't here in Seattle, though. That
0: was no, that was here in Seattle. Oh, I was here in Seattle. Okay,
1: yeah. And did you always know you are going to move to the West Coast after that no. period of time in the Midwest? No, well, in the. In the early 90s, obviously, Seattle became this thing, this huge, amazing thing, right? Yeah. It was, you know, it was the home of Nirvana and Pearl Jam, and it was culturally very significant at the time. And so when he, he said he was coming out this way, I said, you know what? I'll just go. I mean, yeah. it seems like a cool place. And the second I got here, I knew it was very much for me. I, it, was, it felt right very early.
0: So you got here like 91, 92-ish? 92. Okay. Yeah, that would have been, been a great time fa- to get here. I can imagine. Fall of
1: '92. Oh, it was, it was so much fun. Seattle was <laughs> such a, so much fun in the fall of '92. Still and, an undiscovered uh, gem. It was still an undiscovered gem. I remember my first. I got here just in time for. Um, it was sort of late summer, so we were here a little bit. I got here just in time for Bumbershoot. Shoot. Mm. And that, my first. Back when it was awesome. Oh my god, it was so good. I just, <laughs> I can't tell. I hate to be one of those old guys, like back in the day, but back in the day, Seattle was so much fun. It was, it's, it's purely a function of population. Yeah. Like probably. Yeah. It's not
0: that much different now. It's just,
1: there's so many fucking people at all these things. (laughs) But I got, (laughs) I got lucky in that I, you know, it was still mostly people from Seattle who were living in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Like I was the first wave of immigrants to the area. Sure. (laughs) And I was happy to just blend in. I mean, I was just sort of this long haired, grungy looking guy anyway. Yeah you know, kind of a Native American looking guy to begin with. So I, I slid right in and it was, it was, it worked out perfectly for me. Did you get hassled by the cops? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't lounging around on park benches and stuff. I was just sort of hanging around.
0: You know, I feel like I have known all that about you, but I've never heard it in sort of the condensed form. Yeah. It was very interesting. I'm glad, I'm glad to have done this. Oh, well, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. All right. Welcome back to the show. Let's go to segment two all right in segment two we are going to talk about our stadium experiences our first our last our best and our worst so what stadium arena or i don't know ball field and let's i think let's restrict it to top tier facilities either professional or, or, or high level sure. college not- like i'm
1: not going to say the more theater
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i'm okay. not going to talk about spokane indians ballpark
1: <laughs> does cheney count anyway had a lot right. of fun there, though. Here is the deal: I grew up in obviously the seventies. St. Louis still had the football Cardinals, right? And we had that shitty multi-purpose stadium that, <laughs> so Bush Stadium. So first, there is the Astrodome, right? That was the first of the the big multi-purpose, you know, basically plastic on cement ball f- stadiums. Okay, and then they built like three more or four more. Like in the next couple of in, the, in that in that kind of era, it was Bush Stadium in St. Louis, it was Riverfront uh, in right. Cincinnati, it was Veterans in Philadelphia, and it was like Three Rivers in Pittsburgh. No Kingdom in your list, and the Kingdom. Well, <laughs> the Kingdom. So all these are just these shitty, horrible, cement, <laughs> plastic <laughs> on cement, multi-purpose stadiums that are just awful looking. They're just. They're eyesores. Let's okay. be clear about that. So, Bush Stadium was the first. You know, we would go to. My dad would take us to one football game a year, so where I could see. I don't know, Jim Hart or whomever was the quarterback. I think he was the quarterback. Dan Deardorff played for the for the uh, for the Cardinals when I was a kid, little kid. So he, we would go to one of those freezing-ass football games late in the season when the t- t- tickets got cheap because the Cardinals weren't going to make the playoffs because they sucked.
0: Forgive my ignorance, but did Bush as a beer predate Budweiser as a beer, as a product of the... Well, the Bushes Anheuser-Busch company. Right.
1: Anheuser-Busch, right? Right. Augie-Busch, August, augustus August So was it Bush. named after them, not the product? Yeah, it's Anheuser. Yes, that's their beer. Anheuser Anheuser and Bush right. formed the company... The Bushes run it, and my sister actually went to college with one of the Bush, Augustus, Augie Bush the Fourth. maybe? I'll have to ask her, but I was like, well, you should have dated him. So because for clarity, the
0: the Bush Stadium we know presently is the third version of Bush Stadium.
1: It's a, I think it's the second version of Bush Stadium.
0: Well, so there's new Bush Stadium, and did they refurbish it, or...
1: Uh, there's a no. I think I think I think the first Bush Stadium was that shitty alien the spaceship, multi-purpose gross multi-purpose stadium. <laughs> okay, but that was my first stadium. That's Bush probably stadium my, worst, that my worst. That worst one you're talking about. It. And my worst stadium. It's That's in first, the worst. <laughs> and and you couldn't get a worse stadium than that. It's terrible. Yes, yeah, so it was called the Civic Center
0: Bush Memorial Stadium. I've looked it up. It's awful. A, just a terrible stadium. Just god awful. Well, my first was on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Madison Square Garden, to see the New York Rangers. Nice. See, that's a a building filled with history. I didn't give a shit at the time. I was like six. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: It's
0: just a fun story to tell. I wish I had like cool MSG memories, but the realistics, I mean, that was my first, technically speaking, but the the spiritual first for me, (laughs) it's like my spiritual virginity, uh, (laughs) was the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Dad brought me to the ball game in the summer. You know, back when I was doing the divorce kids summer with dad
1: scenario. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, again terrible stadium. I mean, just I spent, horrific. I spent many evenings in yeah. that stadium. You know, in the in the in the outfield, yelling at Buner and Griffey. Why are you
0: yelling good, at our good players? Things,
1: good things. I was, yeah, yeah okay. it was really good. Supportive things. things. Supportive things, but the uh, and you know and in all fairness, I got to grow up in St. Louis when you know we had you know a world championship team. Like I got to see Ozzie Smith, right, play and those kinds of people. So I mean, it's a terrible stadium. And you know, in college we used to get bleacher seats on the weekend. The bleacher seats, literally, bleacher bum was something like six dollars. Yeah, literally and you just go out there and you just drink beer all evening and and you know bleacher well general outfield general admission in the kingdom in the early 90s was 12 bucks maybe you know and i mean that was a pretty good way to kill most of a friday night and then just you know exit yourself into downtown so they were terrible they they're, they're awful stadiums but i have good memories <laughs> There are fairly decent memories in them all right. Well, what's the most recent? The last stadium you visited? Well, you know, I visited both of the Seattle stadiums recently, and um, and they're, you know, but neither for sports. Okay. <laughs> I, went to, I was going to say, why were you at Safeco? I was at Safeco for Pearl Jam. I think it's the last oh, time okay. I, I went to I went to I went there. So, but I mean, I haven't been to a I haven't been to a baseball game in years.
0: I've missed a couple of years now. It used to be that I would never go at least. I would never go a whole season without at least going to one home game. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years have
1: broken my spirit. Yeah, I mean it's just no so fun. I mean it's just a, it's a bad product. But uh, and you can't go to Seahawks games. I think I got I got tickets to to a Seahawks game a couple years back and I didn't have a good experience there. No? Like no, I don't know. It's just too drunk and too weird. Like depends on where you sit. Yeah, people get people just are not pleasant. Especially when the team's losing. Like, I think we lost. Yeah. And people are just like, people not, people are unpleasant. All right, well, that's not exclusive to the Seahawks game. <laughs> but the, uh, but back, back to, can I, can I, can I hop back to best? Oh, sure. So the, um, the old checker dome. Oh, No first. We're not first. at best yet. Best is next. Oh, no, first, first, this might be first. This is close, close to first and maybe close to best was the, uh, in St. Louis, we had the checker dome. And they called it the Checker Dome because um, it was, uh, I think it was first sponsored or owned by Purina. Okay. So it had the checkers on the top. So it yeah. Was the, yeah. So it was the Checker Dome. It's where the uh, St. Louis Blues played, and they would have, like, the Harlem Globetrotters would come there, and they'd have concerts and stuff there. And I spent tons of time in that building, just going to concerts and hockey games. and. Purina, was it like founded that? by people, like, from Czechoslov- Czechoslovakia? <laughs> Purina. I don't know the history of Purina, but there's a there's a there's a guy I went to high school and college with from my town who uh, I think is a fairly senior guy now these days at uh, Purina. So interesting. I don't know. It's a pet food man. It's a, it's big business. Am I mis,
0: mis- that though? It's not it's not the Czech Republic that has the who has the checkerboard soccer uh, kit. It might uh,
1: Croatia. Croatia. Damn. All right. Are they the they the red and white checkers? Yes.
0: Yeah. I hate it when I make a joke and it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my most recent was uh, Alaska Airlines Arena at Heck, Admin- Heck Edmondson Pavilion, as we call you it spend, these days. You spend a lot of time there. Well, I, you know, having season it? tickets to anything is like owning a boat. It's just what you're doing. <laughs> did Do they redo that place a little while ago? It's been like 15 years, but... Oh, oh, yeah. I
1: thought they redid it recently.
0: No, it's a, it's a perfectly nice basketball... Well, I'm sorry. So they've done some... They did some, like, uh, upgrades inside last year, but... Oh, okay. I mean, we're talking about like new carpet, new paint, new seats, not like any major structural changes. Okay, but
1: yeah. they, they, they gave it a little bit of a, they gussied it up a little.
0: Yeah, uh, certainly. Actually, it's funny because some of the more expensive seats used to be these like removable seats on bleach, on, on fold-out bleachers. And I was like, I, we'd sit down there every once in a while. I'm like, I'm never paying for this chair. I'm never going to sit down here to pay to sit down here. It makes no sense. I would now probably. That's fixed finally. Like, oh, okay. like literal, literally fixed. They are immovable seats. I would, might pay the premium these days. Not these days specifically, certainly. Yeah. Well, squeezing those nickels. What's your best experience? This is a tough one, I think. This is the hardest one to pick for me.
1: Yeah. Best experience? Well, see, I said experience. I guess best stadium is the true.
0: The the best
1: stadium I've ever been to. Yes. (sighs) I mean, for. I mean, I don't know about the quality of it But certainly the history of it I, I, did, I did get a chance to go to a, uh, a Yankees game At Old Yankee Stadium Okay, Before, yeah Before they wrecked it out And built that new one place So, you know It was I mean, I think it's just It's just a, It's just In sports Like there, there are certain places that are Holy ground mm-hmm. Like Augusta And, you know, some other places But Yankee Stadium Was, was one of those places Like all the greatest players played there <laughs> for the Yankees. Sure, And, and uh, it wasn't a quality wise. I think it was fairly generic, but it, it had, it has uh, it has cultural significance. Okay. My
0: best was uh, well, so I had a hard time with this because you saw, you heard me ask the question. I said best experience because yeah. I can't, you can't decouple the experience you had at whatever the stadium was from the actual stadium. I'd like to be like objective about it, but my list is super weird. So the first and most obvious answer for me is Husky stadium, Husky football stadium. Sure. Um, especially since the remodel, it's one of, you know, it's, it's new. It's one of the top stadiums in the country. It's got an amazing view. Our seats are such that we can actually see the water it's, it's, it's killer to be able to watch football and, and have that amazing setting. It seemed like a layup though. I needed something more creative. I was like, where else mm-hmm. have I been that I really, that surprised me. And the two I ended up listing are, one, the United Center, which I know people would say is terrible. But we had, like, we went to the United Center for a Blackhawks game. We had, like, third row from the top seats. But it's set up such that there's a concourse around the back of the very top of the bleachers. So there was, like, a bathroom and refreshments up there. And I was like, I had a blast. <laughs> I was like, I've never been in such a terrible seat and had such a good time. Uh, and then the last one I was going to mention was uh, Coors Field. And I think that has more to do with the story around it for me that I was there on business, stuck in this terrible motel because it was a last-minute extra night. Like there was no mm. hotels in town, and like here's a here's a room. It's you know five miles from where you're at now. So it's like get in the the Uber and head over there. It's I mean literally I don't want to sleep in this bed kind of a room. <laughs> I was like oh fuck. Like you see the bugs jumping oh, off of it. it. The kind of thing where you definitely <laughs> felt like a murder had happened. <laughs> And I was like, I can't stay in here. I got to go. So what? I was like, what am I going to do? Um, and the guy I was working with at the time, I didn't really enjoy hanging out with him socially or professionally for that matter. Um, but I decided I'm going to go to the Rockies game that night because they're in town. And so I hop in an Uber. I think I might have told this story before, but download the SeatGeek app, literally in the Uber, buy a $5 bleacher ticket to Coors Field or whatever, maybe seven bucks to get in the door, never actually go to my seat. So I wander around and also I'm recovering from an injury at this time, so I took a couple of Vicodin before I went in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that you poured some beer on top of. I did. Yeah. And then I so started. So now you're staggering around a little I bit. I was never, I'm
0: never staggering. Just the one Vicodin. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> I can I can handle it. <laughs> you're like a Tiger Woods traffic stop. Like <laughs> 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 But I like so again, I'm walking. But I go find this awesome spot that's in dead center field, and it's just this plat, like this maybe five foot area on the rail where you can stand there and see the entire game from dead center, right over the batter's eye. And I stood there the whole game and watched the game. You know, guys came and went. I kept telling people I was a scout. These guys bought into it and told me this crazy story about I was there, like watching. I was like pretending to take notes and stuff. Again, I mean, I don't want to say hi, but you know, influence on pain pills.
1: Sure, you had you've, you had uh, you had a, you had the best disguise there is, which is I was Loopy, and yeah. I could just say whatever I wanted with perfect confidence.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm here. I'm here to scout. I'm from Seattle,
1: but <laughs> the club, you know. <laughs> With the big club, with the big club. Itself. Well,
0: because you know I play in this super dorky fantasy baseball league that's super deep. Like, I know all the players are all the rosters. So, I actually, anytime I go to a, a ball game for another team, I really am interested in seeing these actual players play because it's not like I watch baseball on TV. And
1: but so, I, I'll like, knew the
0: roster, like, all the way down. And so, the, these guys <laughs> totally bought it. It was great.
1: If you're not one of the top 20 players in baseball, man, you I'm missing you. <laughs> Sorry. Pal. All right, real quick, worst. Worst. Um...
0: The Tacoma Dome? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's not <laughs> tier one.
1: I need your worst tier the one experience. Worst tier one experience? Yeah. Oh God. Um, like I said, it might be it might be the Kingdom. Okay. It might. Be, it, it. I mean, it was great when we were awesome. I mean, the place was fantastic. But there were there were nights where you walk in there and you're like the only, you're one of. 4,000 people there. I think it was way it was more fun. So It was just so awful.
0: Yes, but I also think there was something more fun about being in a 4,000, 5,000 seat uh, or, or attended baseball game in the Kingdome because
1: it was so cavernous.
0: <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> like, if you go to Safeco now, there's only 5,000 people there. It still feels like there's a lot of people
1: in the concourse. Right. You're right. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell this story about one night when there was about 3,000 people in the Kingdome. I was there with our buddy Simon, who you know very well, mm. and we were drunk, shockingly, and we it was like the ninth and eighth inning. We were down by a couple of runs. We had a guy on first and second, two outs, Alex Diaz comes up to bat, swings at the first pitch, pops it straight up to the pitcher, and Simon <laughs> yells out, Alex Diaz, you are the worst player in the history. <laughs> and it I swear to God, it echoed off the entire Stadium. I could have sworn everybody in the stadium heard him yell. He yelled it so loud, and (laughs) I cried laughing. And and then Alex Diaz had to come out to the outfield, and Simon rode him (laughs) like he like walked over and just rode Alex Diaz for the whole half inning. You get tossed for something like that today. Oh yeah, but not back then. <laughs> what is this? A golf tournament? You kick me out for heckling. Right. But anyway, that's my that's one of my favorite that's my that's my favorite Kingdom story, but awful, awful place.
0: Well, the worst pure stadium experience I ever had was at the Oakland Coliseum.
1: Going <laughs> yeah, to a I Raiders
0: Broncos game. Um, just we're in town. A buddy of mine lived there. He's like, Hey, I've got tickets for the, the Raiders game. You wanna go? I'm like, sure, let's go. First of all, I thought it was like being inside that place was like being as close as hopefully I'll ever see to what what it's like to be inside of a prison. <laughs> it's, it's awful. So you take the kingdom and just make it worse. Every part about it worse and bigger. The, the lower the, the the lower level concourses are underground. It is some running man shit in those tunnels. <laughs> the, the bathrooms smell like sewage. I was genuinely concerned for my bodily safety um, at one point this man in a Broncos jersey, a brave man, starts like, got into an actual, like a real deal fight in the stands. And of course, he's getting his ass kicked and he didn't do anything except just sort of be obnoxious. Uh And then he gets, of course, kicked out. Sure. Because that's how
1: that works. right? It's Oakland. Yeah. So what do you expect?
0: And then uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention that I have seen a baseball game at Tropicana Field. Ooh. At Tampa Bay. And that was, Uh. they had like the weird carpet turf. Not like the some kind of weird between field turf. like It's like field turf
1: version 1.0. <laughs> like, yeah, somehow somehow yeah. even worse than... Yeah, it's bad. Right. Okay, so my Oakland County Stadium experience is completely different. That's a different
0: stadium, though. No, it's o- that's it. That's the, the Oakland o- Coliseum is not the same as old Oakland County. Oakland
1: County. That's it's, it. Oakland Stadium. the where the baseball game. The baseball. Now, but they didn't always play there, right? No, they always played there. Okay, all right, sorry. Like with 10 miles of foul... Ten miles of foul territory Yes. Anyway, so I was there For Day on the Green In 1990 Spring of 92 Mm -hmm. And it was Metallica's First North American date For the Black Album Uh And it was an all day festival And they closed it And it was, oh my god It was amazing And I just Squished myself all the way, like mostly to the front, and uh, there's actually, and I I'm, I might look through the archives, but there are there are shots, there are there are video, there's video from that that concert where you can actually see me. Oh, yeah, because my giant head and giant hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna say it. All this all this head and hair, right, like just to just just stage left of, of, of Hetfield. <laughs> amazing, amazing stuff.
0: Well, on that note, let's get to segment three before we run out of show. All right. In segment three, we're going to talk about our five favorite athletes whose injury, whose careers rather were cut short either due to injury or tragedy or maybe some other circumstance. Uh, my first one is, and this is something you know we talked about classic sports, um, trying to get into it and, and what to do during the the uh, the quarantine here with no live sports. We you, you and I talked about it, and Matt and I talked about it. It's hard to get past it right now. Yeah. Um, seeing a lot of Bo Jackson highlights lately, really, I, I, I felt Bo Jackson deep in my heart back when I was a kid. And it was such a bummer when he got his hip blown out in that one blown out whenever he got the injury in the, that Bengals game. And all I remember is my mom, like people were so amazed that whoever that guy was that chased him down and, and oh. tackled him in the open field, which is just something that never happened. It was absurd that that happened at that point. Um, I remember my mom very specifically saying you know, all these guys talking about how great this guy was at chasing down how incredible this tackle was and nobody's talking about how great of a run that Bo Jackson just ran 85 yards and they're not talking about it at all
1: <laughs> Bo Jackson was so strong he ran out of his hip right the guy had his, his a hold of his leg and he just yeah and y- he just ran clean he, he ran clean out of his leg yeah. that's how strong he was he was amazing that's that is one of the that is one of the more uh, one of the more tragic tales of just a guy who played hard and just got hurt.
0: Yeah, I was watching highlights of Bo throwing seeds from right field
1: when he was oh, the Royals. Just a disgusting elite athlete in every regard. Like right? taunting people from the outfield. Like, run, run. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. My, I'm, I'm going to start with uh, one that's a little more tragic, which is Monica Sellis. Oh, yeah. Mo- Monica. Mo- Monica Sellis was poised to run off every women's major for the next five years like she was crushing steffi graf every time yeah out i mean she had her number for the two years prior to that and i know and then and then she gets stabbed by a fan while she's on the court <laughs> yeah with like a the, kitchen knife i mean the fuck man i mean and she was obviously never the same after that how could you be mm-hmm. and then of course steffi graf end up winning like 21 majors but you know Sellers would have won 25. I mean, I, I just don't think she just was poised to do that. It wouldn't have shocked me if she reeled off 25.
0: It's wild because at the time I was so young, it felt like, you know, and Monica was so dominant that just in her first two years as a pro, that it's it's weird to think that that, that stabbing only happened in like her third full
1: third or fourth full professional season. Right. And yeah. she still had a, I mean, and if you took her career, at, people would take her career post-stabbing and it'd be a fantastic career. Yeah, well, she only won what one more
0: Aussie, and that was it for majors.
1: But she, but she won, but she won her share. and She was around, and and but she just her that was that was tragic. She was she was ready to she was ready to go on a, a huge tear. Right, she only I remember that
0: loss to uh, Graf at Wimbledon, like before she got stabbed, and that was like sort of a shock because if I recall correctly, Steffi kind of whipped her ass. It was the first time that it happened, and I I don't think that Monica saw another final of Wimbledon other than that one. Grass yeah. is a different beast,
1: though. Grass is a different beast back then, for sure. Yeah, it's a little. It's a, they've they've done something over the years to make it a little more neutral. Yeah, it's a little
0: more like hardcore now.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, my next athlete is uh, somebody who should be familiar to you, Arvedus Sabonis. And you know, this isn't. You know, I started with tragically cut short, but really, what I what I meant when I put this together was athletes whose peak I'm ne- we, we really, really never got to see and Monica right. is a great example of that Arvidas I think the same thing he was toiling in the EuroLeague obviously never saw him play on TV and he didn't come to the NBA until he's 30 only plays seven years has tons of injuries and still gets in the Hall of Fame because he was just so sick it's like if you took sure. Shaq but made him like one of the best passers in the league or if you took a guy like you know Nikola Jokic, Jokic who is one of the best passers in the league and made him as athletic as Shaq however you want to reverse that
1: but it was right. it was incredible right. Yeah, and, and Sabonis was still. I mean, he was a bit of a stiff by the time he got here. Right, I mean, he was never he was never graceful, but he could shoot the three and he passed great. And the biggest head I've ever seen on a person. <laughs> like Arvidas Sabonis's cranium is like I have got a giant head. I think his head's probably like twice the size of mine.
0: Yeah, you're right. The
1: Shaquille O'Neal comparison might be a
0: little much, but what I mean right. when I say that is, that there's just there was no comp for a guy who was that big moving that nimbly. Like he was so you say he was a bit of a stiff, but I, I always remember him like just have a devastating drop step in a way that was undefendable,
1: unguardable. Yeah, I mean he he was quick with his feet, but he wasn't graceful. Okay, fair. Yeah. He didn't seem very athletic, but but he did I mean, obviously Matt should be here to, to defend <laughs> to defend his man. Yes. But no, Sabonis was um, if you if you get like a twenty five year old Arvita Sabonis in the league, right? Like, like that's it's a whole different story, right? Yeah. What else? Let's, I've got, I'm on my list, I've got Payne Stewart. Oh, Payne Stewart. Man, Payne Stewart. I mean, this again, golfers, you know, have long careers. And he, you know, he, he was racking up big tournaments and majors. And he was, I think he was probably just starting to get, you know, he was already going. He had a lot of momentum in his career, you know. And, you know, cut short, obviously, by that terrible airplane crash
0: indeed Uh, yeah i guess my memory is that he was getting older by then or no he was yeah i mean but again i
1: mean he wasn't that old no 42 (laughs) 41
0: 42 something like that
1: yeah was he that old yeah i don't know but uh but uh, you know he was he was such a big he was such a big part of the game at that point that um that to, to you you felt like you felt like it was uh it was um, it was premature, regardless. I guess he was forty. I guess he was in his young forties. All right. Well, my next athlete is uh, probably a name that maybe
0: isn't familiar to anyone who's not a baseball fan, because um, he never got out of my uh, well wherever the Marlins play is. It's still Miami. There's, <laughs> I assume <laughs> Florida. I yes, yeah. it's in Miami. Uh, a young pitcher by the name of Jose Fernandez. I think he was 24 when he passed. And this is a tough one because it's one of those that by all accounts, he was being irresponsible and it was self-inflicted because he died by boating under the influence. Mm. He ran his boat up on some rocks and flipped it. I believe right. didn't just kill himself either, so unfortunately. Uh, but just purely, purely from an athletic perspective, he was just like the first modern baseball player, I can recall, to break the unwritten rules of, I'm going to have fun and I don't care whether or not you like it. Um, like, I'm going to smile and laugh. I might taunt you a little bit. But it seemed like the you know he did it. He kind of took the... The BP attitude all the way out on the field, and in a way that the other players kind of appreciated. And he's responsible for one of my favorite all time gifts, which is uh, Troy Tulowitzki, superstar shortstop for the the Rockies at the time, rips a line drive right back at him. And Fernandez like snaps it up, like snaps it up. I mean, it's bang, bang. It's almost impossible that he catches it. And Tulo takes two steps out of the box, still has the bat in his hands, stops, stands up, and goes, Did you catch that? And Fernanda's just nodding and smiling at him, like walking around the mound. It's just it's a fantastic gift, it was a fantastic moment. And it was the kind of player that I thought was gonna have a an incredible ceiling and and just uh
1: well, irresponsible behavior as a youth. Yeah, that's that happens. Especially, you know, to young and young, rich and famous, right? Yeah. The uh <laughs> I put I put Tiger Woods on my list. <laughs> The knee or the car crash though. The maybe both?
0: Yeah. The pain of I mean, addiction?
1: Yeah. I mean it's hard to say that a guy who's done is who's won eighty three tournaments and fifteen majors as underachieved. <laughs> but he's underachieved and it had it again, it had to do with a lot of factors. There are, there are literally books written about it. Yeah. <laughs> so you can look it up. But there are there are there are there's essentially a missing decade in his career and the guy still won 80 is still won you know he still won 83 tournaments and 15 majors and yeah. basically had had a nothing decade he should have more than 100 victories
0: by now like an uninterrupted tiger career he has easily more than 100 victories
1: yeah i mean it's so it's a funny thought to put him on this list yeah. <laughs> but his, like a, a career that's been derailed by injuries <laughs> but it definitely has been
0: it just would have been so much more fun for him to be at the peak of his powers when we got that new generation that came in, instead of him finally clawing his way back to beat them, But which was, of course, cathartic for so many of us, but it would have been awesome to have that sort of, uh, you know, that kind of Jordan factor, where it's like, I don't care who you throw at me, like, keep bringing these fuckers out.
1: Right. Even if he has, like, a natural career arc, right? Yeah. He still, he still wins 100 tournaments. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's 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 crazy to think about it.
0: All right, next on my list is uh, Brandon Roy, and that's actually how this list came to be. Um, sometime last week, and Lord knows I have no idea which day it was <laughs> because I'm not keeping track. Uh, <laughs> Rob Perez on Twitter, uh, you might know him as Worldwide Wob if you follow uh, any NBA Twitter. Um, he posted, "Hey, I know a lot of your you got a lot of weird old memorabilia in your closet. You know, pull it out and show me." And so I had to pull out my two Brandon Roy jerseys and my Gilbert Arenas jersey to go side (laughs) by side, (laughs) and be like, "When you're a Pac-12 fan and you can see the talent, but it just never works out for you, right? Yeah, right. That's just yeah. He just had his bad knees. Right. He was going to be like my guy. I I had actually consigned myself to rooting for the hated Blazers. The Sonics had already left town. It was a perfect time. Brandon was going to be my guy.
1: And his the cartilage just. Went away.
0: Yeah, six years of basketball. That's all I got.
1: Uh, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw one more basketball player into the Grant okay. Hill. Oh
0: yes, Grant
1: Hill. His paper mache ankles. Well, he basically he should have played that playoff run, right? On the ankle that he had, he did it because they had an outside chance. And he he's basically, that dude. And he basically cost him his career. Yeah. And he had an okay career. I mean, I guess you know he sort of was you know that other guy the other guy yeah. the player to be named later right that uh that showed up on some, some decent teams but he should have had a better career and he he gave it all up for that a one shitty playoff run that he shouldn't have shouldn't have done he should have shut it down all right well i have one more to mention i'm not gonna take very
0: long that's uh, kevin durant whose career was tragically cut short by the folding of the supersonics franchise
1: <laughs> and and the fact that he's a complete jackass wow. Well. That's, that's neither here nor there.
0: <laughs> All right, well, thank you, and that's the end of our structured segments. You know what that means. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! Dad jokes of the week. Woo! All right, we're running long, so let's get these done. I recently started reading a book about anti-gravity. Couldn't Can't put it see? down. That's right. What is the best way to get in contact with a fish? Drop it a line. Hmm. Who's there? Oh, sorry. Knock, knock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just who's who's there? That's the joke. That's fine. (laughs) Okay. Who's there?
0: Cash. Cashew. I didn't realize you were some kind of nut. (laughs) Uh, Why can't you hear a pterodactyl use the bathroom?
1: The pee is silent.
0: That's right. (laughs) Very sneaky.
1: When is the best time to go on a trampoline? Springtime. (laughs) <laughs> what if i have one of those spring free ones though because i'm rich <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i got no I comeback <laughs> for that
0: i got nothing for you All apparently right. you can't use beef stew as a password it's not stroganoff <laughs> what's the leading just, cause just, oh go just ahead add, some
1: just add some sour cream to it it'll, you it'll, you'll help, yeah. then it's stroganoff yeah yeah it'd be good
0: what's the leading cause of dry skin
1: Lack of water, towels. <laughs> <A> towels. <laughs> I was, I was going for the other. I was going for the uh, more of a prevention, right? Style. Right. All right. Did you bring uh, one? I did. I have one. Thank God. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're gonna love this one. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I took some pictures of this wheat field, but they all turned out grainy. Uh, I like it.
0: I like <laughs> thank, it. I thank like you. it. Oh, I had some others, but we're running long. I'll save them for another week. All right.
1: Luckily, uh, they keep. Luckily, dad jokes keep.
0: They, they are forever. <laughs> Let's go to the overtime.
1: Overtime. All
0: right. In the overtime, I just had really one quick thing. Um, well, two two quick things. One, there's a lot of quarantine TikToks going around. I just need everybody to know that I will never post a selfie video. Never. If I, if you ever see me post a selfie video, assume I'm being held at gunpoint. <laughs>
1: You're not going to go all barstool presidente either. You're not going to oh just God, have no. have some have some rants, do some video selfie rant, rants. No, no? I save
0: that for this. <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Why burn it? Why burn your best material with that? Right. I I'm going to admit that I did a selfie uh, with uh, my daughter. I did a TikTok with her. Um, I'll forward it to you. Maybe I'll maybe I'll post it. Then you'll then you'll see my daughter's TikTok, and you don't want to see that. But. My wife is kind of mad at me. She's like, "You won't do a dance video with us?" And I'm like, "No." That's a hard no. That <laughs> That's is a hard, hard no. no. The uh, the the one the one we did was very early in the prior to the quarantine, but it was the corona. Have you ever heard the coronavirus rap song? The corona. Uh, Corona. That ship roll up in your city like Aloha. <laughs> have you seen
0: this? I have only no. I've only heard the the remix of the Cardi B going
1: Coronavirus. Okay. Well, there's one. There's a there's a rap song called Coronavirus that um that shows up on TikTok. I don't know. They may have pulled it down, but uh, but our video's still up there. And if you can find it, best of luck. <laughs> well, but I'm awesome in it. I'm oh. just I'm just gonna say I'm awesome in it. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'll forward it to you though. That's
0: a great segue into my final item here, which is that uh, I realized the other day that COVID nineteen sounds a lot like "Come On, Eileen," <laughs> and I've now been singing it for three days. <laughs> like I've got, I've basically rewritten the whole song, Weird Al style. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I like, you know, I, I don't just want to start singing it. I don't know how to give you that the feel for it. it was like you know it's like covid 19 trapped us in quarantine touch nothing wipe down everything and so on and so forth
1: that works just fine oh yeah, just, yeah. COVID-19-tell-ru-eye,
0: COVID-19-tell-ru-eye, covid
1: 19 to the covid 19 to the right this is very similar to me taking every four syllable word and then making it oklahoma where the wind comes whipping down the plane. so you could say any four you know be like whatever It'd uh, be like where the wind comes whipping down the plane so it's it's any four any four syllable word turns into where the wind comes whipping down the planes for me
0: there is a, a twitter account that does like bot generated um active like the right number of syllables to teenage mutant ninja turtles and it just posts it in the font of the Ninja <laughs> Turtle cartoon and so you'll see like Uh, I'm trying to think of the last one I saw. Like timeline of the Polish army. (laughs) I don't know. Bury me in Redwood County. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I can't remember the. If I could remember uh, the actual Twitter account, I'd I'd share it with you. But check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, Thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod. We hope you're staying safe, staying clean, and Doing everything you can to fight this invisible enemy, as we like to call it. And uh, we hope that we help you live, I don't know, a more distracted life this week. If you don't already, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. By all means, tell us where you lived, where you've been, and what you've been up to. We'll be back next week with more pop culture, if there is any. Life strategies, if we have one. And existentialism, which is all we've got these days. But until then, peace!